Undisclosed Bunker Studios, the dawn of Las Vegas, Steve Sanchez. Steve Sanchez, 101.5 FM, 7.20 AM, Kadon, the talk of Las Vegas, hour number two, Friday edition of the show. You know, we've had some good calls. David was a great call because he's giving us a real perspective of what the, well, really where the tremendous amount of revenue comes for the state of Nevada, for Las Vegas specifically, and that's gaming, and that's, you know, everything that goes on with it, the entertainment, the music venues, the comedy shows, the magic shows, etc. And to hear that, and to hear that it could be two, three years before we start seeing pre-COVID-19 uh, economy, and, and you know, Vegas having to reinvent itself. I'd like to ask that question to the audience. What do you think? How do you think Las Vegas should reinvent itself? If there was anything you could think of that would make it happen for Vegas, do you think going back to the days of when the mob ran Vegas, you know, inexpensive breakfasts on the strip and inexpensive dinners, uh, having, you know, comped rooms at night, you know, uh, having more music venues back in the day, like when the Rat Pack were really popular, Steve Allen and all the, I mean, think about it. Do we need to reinvent Vegas? Because as you heard, David, Cirque is gone. It could be coming back. We don't know that. We just don't know much. And having Governor Sisolak have the chokehold is really the problem. So here's my real question, though. I want you to think on what I just said. But here's the real question is, do you think that Governor Sisolak, based on everything he's done, do you think he will be reelected? Hell, do you even think he'll run for reelection? Or do you think that Governor Sisolak has sealed his fate and has sealed the fate of any future Democratic governor, at least for the near future, and a Republican governor is just a sure win when the governorship in terms of election is coming up in the next couple of years? So let me ask you this again, because many people that even voted for Sisolak are saying, I would never vote for that man again. They want him recalled. So based on what David said, based on what you're seeing, based on calls you've heard all week of people bouncing out of the city, leaving the city, because they have to get work, they have to build their lives, they have to sell their home now where they can get a profit so they don't go into a foreclosure, and they're going to go somewhere else, probably a red state, to build their life all over again. So yes, you know, Vegas needs to reinvent itself. What does that look like to you, friends? You've had to think about this. My God, you might even be in the industries uh in terms of you know dealing with gaming and tourism and everything that goes on with it and you've probably had to deal with this and thought about like how do i get by what do i do over the next year or two so that i can sustain myself and stay in las vegas so we don't have this problem is it going to be more sports and more sports betting i mean what's going to actually have vegas come back reinvented stronger than ever and 
Do you think Governor Sisolak will get reelected? Do you think he'll even run for reelection? Or is there going to be a governor that's going to be a Republican and a conservative one at that in this next run? Have you thought about that? I've got a feeling that Sisolak has sealed the fate, that people are so angry and fed up over his inept leadership that he's toast. He might even be recalled. But if he's not, do you really see him getting reelected? Do you think that the unions are that strong to have him reelected? Or do you see a conservative actually taking the reins, being the head of state, and turning Nevada back around? Opening up the phone line, 702-257-5396 is how you weigh into the conversation. 702-257-5396. Let's get right back to our busy calls. Larry, you're up next. Welcome to the program. You're stealing my thunder, my brother, from another mother. <laughs> hey, man, I'm telling you, it's a little worrisome, right? When you hear these guys calling from the MGM and, and some of these big properties that are, I mean, these are executives in the marketing departments saying, we got some problems. It makes you kind of sit back and think, right? Yeah, and they did on talking about a, a, a petition to get rid of the mayor. You believe that petition that they ran around trying to get rid of Mayor Goodman? I know. getting out one iota of a signature. That petition should have been read for this. Uh, you know I call him. I know you can't say it. Sissy. Uh, and these guys, these will run for re-election. You know it. The only way these, just like this uh, uh, Supreme Court uh, lady that's 90-some, almost 90-some years old, she, they die in office. The only way you get rid of these politicians, they have to die in office, and you know it. It's funny that you say that. You're talking about uh, Ruth uh, uh, Ginsburg, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, every time I've seen her over the last few years when we're watching the State of the Unions, I always think that she dropped maybe a pen or something because she's always looking down. But my God, she's actually sleeping. (laughs) And Steve, there's no reason for them to have a lifetime. uh, No, absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It's not right. And it's not fair to the American people because, you know, just like, you know, I hate to keep going back to Trump, but Steve, check this out. If he don't win re-election, what is the news media going to have to talk about? <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell you this. If Trump doesn't, uh, you know, Larry, here's the truth, man. If he doesn't win re-election, I think I'm going to go into pirate radio in Mexico and then open up a shrimp taco stand on the beach. I'll do I'll do a shrimp taco stand by day, and then at night I'll do pirate radio. <laughs> what? What are they going to have to talk about? <laughs> Steve, I, Steve, I don't think I ever remember a president that has so many books. Uh, this, everybody's got a book deal with this guy. I mean, so many books have been written about this guy. Oh, I know. He's got to be a Guinness Book of World Records. Oh, yeah. I think the media will actually miss... Donald Trump, Larry. I do. I think that if he didn't get reelected, they're going to be extremely sad because they, you're right. What the hell will they talk about? It's, I mean, there's nothing to talk about anymore. And if that's, uh, the RNC, uh, campaign last week when they showed, uh, on the, on the world stage, all the things that this guy has accomplished, they didn't have no time to cover it all. It was so much. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, Larry, always, always a pleasure to. Steve, I heard stuff that I didn't even know was even that he did. A lot of people saw that. He I'm telling. Nobody even knew about. I, I'm telling you. I, I'm telling you, man. 
Well, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. I want you to have a great Labor Day weekend, bro. You too, my brother. All right, man. God bless. Oh, my goodness. I needed that laugh. I really, really needed that laugh. All right, let's go ahead and get right back to our busy calls. Uh, let's jump over to Ryan. Ryan, you're up next. Welcome to the show. How's it going, Steve? I'm good, thank you. First of all, off, I'd like to say that I love listening to you. You pretty much balance me out hearing, you know, everything that's happening in the I appreciate country. That. Um, I come from the industry of entertainment, so I think that with Las Vegas being such a capital of the world for entertainment as well as, you know, convention, uh, Syslax no. just killed it. And I don't know how we can get back in, in regards to if we try to go back with the same approach that we had before, but mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. We have to reinvent ourselves. What does that um, look like? I mean, have you thought through that? Because I'm thinking through it, and I'm thinking, do we go back to the days of, you know, where Vegas was a very music town? Remember that? Back in the day, I mean, a lot of shows, a lot of concerts. I mean, hell, they even had lost uh, Elvis Presley uh, over at Westgate, which used to be the International at the time, many moons back. But does does that what Vegas looks like? Is that how they do it? I mean, there's plenty of, um, you know, rock bands and, and musicians that would love residencies. I think that approach could be there. There's definitely something there as far as maybe lacing everything up with, uh, you know, entertainment and dining, but going kind of like an old Vegas approach would be nice. Yeah. Um, you know, that there's, there's definitely potential within all that to where if we do come back, we kind of have to have all the elements so that it will be appeasing to tourism and, you know, make it more personal yeah. rather than the distance that's been happening. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, what would be cool in, a, in terms of a marketing, uh, Ryan, would be, you know, welcome back old Las Vegas, you know, and go go from there and and kind of bring that nostalgia back. But, you know, remember in, a number of years ago, Ryan, when Vegas tried to go very family-friendly, remember they built that big amusement park behind the MGM, and, and that failed miserably, but maybe, just maybe, other things like that incorporated with some of the things may, may work, and they're going to need to do something. Exactly. I mean, there's, the model's there. We'll test and see if, you know, any of these things work. But to get back to the roots of things would probably be a start. And if that works, then great. You know, we, we continue to go forward with all that. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Do you think Cirque will ever come back? Mm, I think they're taking a pretty big hit. I actually work on one of the shows on the Strip that is um, a bit of, you know, kind of the predecessor of things, I would say. But okay. um I it's hard to say, man. It really is because they've done a lot for this town and they've been, you know, the flagship shows that they are. Yeah. And with some of them not returning or, you know, it's up in the air with them returning. It's it's questionable. Yeah. Wow, man. Well, I appreciate the call, Ryan. Thank you. Great call. Great conversation. Have a good weekend, my friend, and good luck with everything. But, uh, you know, it's 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 interesting, you know, and Ryan brings up some good points regarding how you know, does it look like, how, how do we, you know, bring in this new bravado for Las Vegas? Some are very optimistic. I'm an optimistic person. I've always been. I'm a, I've been an entrepreneur for 29 years. You know, September 4th marks 29 years that I stepped my foot into entrepreneurism 29 years ago. So I've always been an entrepreneur. I don't know what it is to work for someone. I've always worked for myself. I've always built companies. I've always built marketing teams. You know, I built this radio show from scratch. You know, I didn't have anybody basically, um, 
you know, telling me what to say. You know, hell, I didn't even know how to spell radio when I went into radio. But maybe that's why I'm so successful is because I don't have to pretend to be this big radio guy when basically I'm just a radio guy that has something to say and pretty much you agree with it or you don't. And I think really at the end of the day, that's what makes us successful. And I think that's what's going to make Las Vegas successful. I haven't counted Las Vegas out. And I don't think any of you have either. You know, Las Vegas is Vegas, baby. It was Vegas then. It's Vegas now. It'll be Vegas tomorrow. But, you know, it is going to have to look a little different. What does that look like? What does that mean? And did Governor Sisolak seal the fate of the Democratic Party ever being governors again in this state? Or are people that damn stupid to actually re-elect him or re-elect another Democrat down the road? 702-257-5396. Quick break, and then we're going to come back and take some more calls. Don't go away. Groundbreaking talk for a nation on the brink. You're experiencing Steve Sanchez. All right, welcome back to the program. Steve Sanchez, Friday edition of the show. In the next segment, bottom of the hour, I told you Jim Marchant will be on with us live. He is running in Nevada for against Stephen Horsford, the Democrat who doesn't even live in Nevada full time. But I guess that's everybody's choice. They decide what they want to do and how they want to do it. I am providing you, the voters, an opportunity to ask the questions you want to ask. I get called all the time and say, look, we need to know this. We need to know that. Well, tonight you're going to have that opportunity to know. Jim has said he will take calls. You can ask him anything. Don't be shy with Jim when you're a tough guy with me. So this is the person that will represent you, and you are the constituents. You deserve to ask what you deserve and need to ask. I'm opening up the phone lines so that you can get in line to ask a question of Jim Marchand in the next segment. That's 702-257-5396. 702-257-5396 is how you do that. Let's go ahead and get to the calls on hold right now. Cyrus, you're up next. Welcome to the program. Hey, I hope you're doing well. Um, first of all, I just think that Las Vegas economy has got to diversify. Let's bring some of the factories. And I think the second thing is when we recover, we really have to change the way we build our cities. I think these cul-de-sacs, subdivisions, tract homes, gated areas, which are useless, the strip malls, everything needs a car to get where you need to go, despite the fact the homes are all close together. The homes are overpriced. This whole urban planning system is a sham and i think when this really crashes i think we need to go more for a traditional system of planning and architecture kind of like what we have in downtown well you know and and i appreciate the comments the problem is is the way las vegas is spread out you're not going to have that availability to do what's being done downtown you know this is a suburbia well, i'm not talking about the density i'm sorry i'm talking about the street layout and the land use layout yeah that's going to where... be tough i mean where are you going to build i mean things are already built and to put reinvestment into things that are already built the stinks already going to go into bankruptcy i mean that you're not going to have the financial means to do that to sloan i'm talking closer to sloan in those outer areas 
That's what I'm planning to do. That makes sense, but you know those outer areas are not going to be able to bring you the revenue sooner than later to be able to save the city. So something has to be done now with Las Vegas to reinvent itself. Yeah, I'm talking about these areas. That's great. Over time, eventually, you put investment in infrastructure and things like that grow. The problem is, you know, Las Vegas doesn't have 10, 15, 20 years to get a return on investment. That's the problem. We'll talk about it later. I don't know. Well, it's because you don't know how to answer that. That's why. And I do appreciate the call. So, I mean, it's just real simple. I mean, the, the, the truth of the matter is, is, you know, I'm a smart business guy. I've been a financial advisor 29 years. Okay. So it's great to basically go live and talk about this and that and do this. But, you know, if you're going to actually bring that to my attention, be prepared for rebuttal based on pie in the sky utopias. It, it, it doesn't work. So, as I said, I'm always about infrastructure and building and investment. All that makes sense. But let me tell you and help you, Cyrus. You're a young man. Uh, listen to an older man. Don't, don't, don't be so arrogant. Here's what you need to listen to. Okay? Uh, let's take money and reinvest in our damn roads on Charleston because they suck. Okay, they suck on Flamingo. They suck on Desert Inn. Let's reinvest in infrastructure. Let's reinvest in this country on bridges. Let's reinvest in hospitals. Let's reinvest in that things that are already built that could put people back to work today, not 15, 20 years from now. Now, I know, you know, this this utopia that a lot of people have is wonderful about urban development and planning. And so that's awesome. That's great. But that is not going to bring the revenue today into Las Vegas that is suffering. We need to worry about that today. So all this other stuff is great. But typically when people say, no, we'll talk about it later, it's because you don't know how to talk about it now. And and the fact of the matter is, if you go present something, let's say, to a planning commission, you're going to have people that are going to ask questions. You have to be prepared to have the answers. So when people deal with me and you want to have a conversation of intellect, be prepared that I know what the hell I'm talking about. I think most people will agree with that. I think these ideas are wonderful. Different types of transportation, bringing in tech. I think there's some wonderful things that Las Vegas and Nevada as a whole can do. But I've said this before and I'll say it again. If people do not want to continue to wrap their minds, hearts around that this is a gaming state, get the hell out of Nevada. It's real simple. Go somewhere else. Because Nevada is a gaming state. Las Vegas is a gaming city. The city was built based on gaming, entertainment, everything that goes on with that. So to try to come in and restructure it, this is not the frickin' Jetsons. Okay? We have got to continue to build on what has built this great city. That's gaming. And when I say gaming, it's the restaurants that go with it it's the shopping that goes with it it's the shows that go with it it's the souvenirs and trinkets that go with it that is what built las vegas that my friends is what's going to keep las vegas moving forward doesn't mean we shouldn't invest in infrastructure outside of the city where things are going to grow and potentially develop but my god we don't got 20 years hell we're lucky if we have 20 months Steve Sanchez, 702-257-5396 is how you weigh in on the conversation. Jim Marchant here in the next few minutes. And then, of course, when I come back, we're going to take your calls. Don't go away.
Steve Sanchez, Friday edition of the show. Glad to be here with you. Real Water. They're the sponsors of this half hour, and I just took a nice drink of some real water before I came back on the microphone. Why do I do that? Because I stay hydrated. Look, we've had 110-plus degree weather for how many weeks now? It's hot. You need hydration. There's nothing better than a bottle of real water. You've heard me talk about it. You've seen it at Terrible Hearst. You've probably seen it at Costco. You need to have real water. Why? It is the only bottled water in America that is beyond alkalinity. That means it has alkaline, which science has proven to be good for your body, for the immune system. But it's infused with negative ions, which science have proved to also be great for your immune system. And in today's world, where we're all concerned about immune systems, you know, why not put something good in your body? If you go to drinkrealwater.com, you can get Steve Sanchez special. What does that mean? For Five-gallon bottles of water delivered to your home or office for 20 bucks. That's it, $20. Drinkrealwater.com, birthright here in Las Vegas. The Steve Sanchez special applies to all my listeners. You can go to the website now, order that, or you can simply be old school and call the 1-800 number on the website at drinkrealwater.com. Make sure you tol- tell them, I heard this on Steve Sanchez, and I want the Steve Sanchez special, and they'll take good care of you. All right, we've got uh, Jim Marchant on with us. He's up and down the state, two months away from November 3rd to uh, to beat Horsford. Jim, are you with me? I am, Steve. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, and I'm sure you've been up and down. I've seen all your Facebook posts. You've been all over the yeah. state. Yeah, we started uh, this morning, or actually for lunchtime, in Goldfield. I uh, went through Tonopah, stopped there, and talked to some influencers there. Uh, next stop was Hawthorne, and um, I'm sitting in Yearington as we speak. Wow. Okay, so you're you're making the rounds. What's it looking like right now, Jim? I know we're a couple months away from uh, the election. I know we're going to be able to do some uh, in-person voting, which is good. But yeah. I know a lot of mail-in bu- ballots are going to be, you know, well, in in place too. What's your sense of everything? What what are you hearing out there? Well, what I'm hoping people will do is when they get their mail-in ballot, that they actually will deliver the ballot to the registrar's office or the clerk's office as opposed to mailing them. And we also want them to get them in early also. Yeah. Because uh, that way we'll know who has voted and, and who we can go target to get out and vote if they haven't yet. So uh, that's uh, we would encourage people to do that. But, uh, yeah, we're not trusting the... Uh, the post office to uh, get this right. So I would say definitely let's um, deliver them if you can. Do you think there's going to be results on election night, like for you in in terms of congressional races, uh, for the nationals, like uh, the presidency, uh, or do you think this thing's going to linger? Because I remember the primary just not too long ago. It was a couple, three days before we had some results. Wow. Yeah, it was... um uh, it was longer than that, actually, before we got the final results. It was like a week or two, I think. Wow, but, uh, wow. Yeah, no, I think it's probably going to be more of the same because uh, that's the way the people have designed it. And uh, anything to throw chaos into the, the voting system definitely does not benefit my side. So um, I think we'll probably see some of that. 
Well, you know, obviously you're a pro-Trump conservative. You are a conservative. You have some libertarian leanings on some some issues. Yep. You've got, you know, former uh, assemblyman experience, former businessman. What is the clear difference between you and Horsford? So close, people are paying more attention. I've got calls on hold that want to ask you some questions because they're yeah. in your district. Uh, what is the difference? I mean, in, in a nutshell, why Jim Marchant and not... Steve Horsford. Uh, he is a bona fide, a devout socialist, and he believes what AOC and the squad believe. He votes with them 94%, and the difference between him and me, of course, he's a socialist. I'm a free market capitalist, and I am for freedom. He is for oppression uh, and more government and more oppression from the government and does not want us to be free. He does not want us to be individuals and independent. Uh, that's just the way his side believes. So also, I actually live in Nevada um, and like Nevada and love Nevada. It's my home, and he doesn't. He actually lives in most of the time in, in Virginia uh, taking care of his lobbyist business, and that's the difference. Uh, if you See, want a real those alone. Of Nevada, that alone. Be it. Yeah. That alone, Jim, just the you two things think, you right? said, uh, just socialism versus free market thinking alone is alone. enough to say that's it. That, I don't need to hear anymore. That's exactly right. I mean, he votes 94 percent with the squad. I don't think Nevada's values are like AOC and the squad. No, they're not. They're not. So that's they're, the, they're not. You know, that it's a pretty clear stark difference between yeah. my opponent and and what I represent. Do you mind taking a couple calls from the audience, Jim? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Well, let's go ahead and jump over to Bruce. He's up first. Uh, question for Jim Marchant. Bruce, what's on your mind for Jim? Hey, Jim. You know, if it How wasn't for this show, I'm good. How are you? Good. You know, if it wasn't for this show, I'd have never heard of you. I wouldn't know you're running for Congress. I've talked to a lot of people that are out in your district for, unfortunately, I'm not, but they don't know your name. They don't know you're running for Congress. They've never heard of you. I mean, you've got great endorsements, but if people in your district don't know your name, it's a problem. And I saw yep. you on TV in an event. You had Rick Grinnell, Matt Schlapp, Mike McDonald, but right. you didn't even get a mention. I mean, and I'm not being negative. I want you to win. The state needs to go back red, but get your name out there, and, you know, especially here in Metropolitan Vegas. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Great. Well, you, you bring up a great point. And in order to do that, it takes a lot, a lot of money to do that. And you basically do that by buying airtime on TV. Yeah. And I've just bought a ton of it. But the problem is my opponents and the Democrats, they buy up. They've got money from forever. Well, they've got, they got, en they've got endless pots of gold is what they've That's got. Right. They've got George Soros and Tom Steyer and Michael Bloomberg just funding them forever. And they buy up all the time. And here I'm struggling just to get enough money to buy you know, uh, 700 TV spots or whatever it is. So uh, that's the problem, and that's the only way to get it out there. And so we're doing all we can with uh, the, what we can buy uh, through the TV, and we're also doing a lot of digital. And so after Labor Day is usually when everything starts. Yeah, exactly. And that's when you'll see a big push from me and uh, getting my name out there. But basically – 
you know, polling that we've done basically says that if I get my name recognition up, we win this. Yeah, well, we're going to continue to keep pushing hard for you, Jim, here. But you're right. I'm glad you said that because, and this is why I think the audience and people need to know, the Democrats have the this endless pot of gold, and yep. and the Republican Party has always, especially in places like Nevada, has to struggle to get people to put their hands in their pocketbooks to sow into campaigns so that the candidates could be viable. So there's a responsibility right. that comes from the constituents as well to say, look, let me write a check. It might not be big, but at least it's something. And if everybody or a good percentage of people did that, then you know we'd have a pretty big pot of gold too yeah if we had everybody that was in my district that's a republican would write a five dollar check i could then compete with there you go uh, horsford who has uh two million dollars but there that doesn't happen i, I get yeah. like i'm very fortunate and blessed that ted cruz has chosen me as one of the 20 candidates oh, in the country great. that he is helping out. And that's a matter great. of fact, uh, he invited me to Aspen, Colorado, uh, a couple of weekends ago and helped me raise uh, over $75,000. That's awesome. But but that doesn't compete with the millions that exactly. Bloomberg yeah. donates to Horsford's PACs and the PACs that the Democrats have that just blow us out. And, yeah. uh, you know, we don't have a George Soros. We don't have a Tom Steyer or a Bloomberg. And we're just out struggling as best we can to get patriots, and we do. I've got a lot of great patriots around the country that have uh, funded me, and it's just not near to the magnitude of what the Democrats have. So we're behind yeah. the eight ball, and 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 you know, and to answer his question, that's what it takes to get your your name ID out there. Yeah, very true. Well, let's take another call before we have to get up to break. Uh, Randy, you're up next. Do you have a question for Jim Marchant? Okay, I think Randy has left the building. We've got a, we've got a couple of calls ringing in, Jim, for Go you. Ahead. So we may we may just keep them uh, keep you over into the next small yeah. segment uh, to get those. But let's go ahead and give out the website for you so that people can give and you know help be kind of the uh, the foot soldiers out there. You know, with the five bucks, the ten bucks, the hundred bucks, the right. five hundred bucks. Exactly. Yeah, it's jimmarchant.com. It's www jim j-i-m-m-a-r-c-h-a-n-t dot com and there's a beautiful donate button right on the first page and uh that's how you can help out okay let's go ahead and take a couple calls before we bounce jim uh hope yeah. has a question for you hope let's make the question uh pretty quick so jim has time yeah. to answer before break yeah. um i know obviously it's many things but uh isn't it safe to say, I mean, because this is the first time I'm really voting, I'm going to be 69, and isn't it safe to be, if you're rep uh, Republican, uh, all of the people you're voting for, you just look for R? Wouldn't yeah. it be? <laughs> that would be safe. And, you know, of course, I'm going to say that because I'm very conservative. I'm a, you know, businessman, basically, um had the government oppression, you know, through my businesses and, you know, the regulations. And, uh, and I've always voted R, even though there are some R's that aren't as conservative as I would, I would like. I'm kind of an outsider, uh, in my own Republican party because I'm more independent and, and, uh, 
uh, libertarian thinking, and I, I, I vote I vote for bills that affect the people positively, as opposed to the lobbyists and the special interests. Yeah. And a lot of times the Republican Party don't like that when you don't go along with them, because you've got these big lobbyists funding our leaders' pockets. They're trying to get us to go along with it, and and I don't do that. I vote for the people. Well, Jim, uh, let's leave it right there for a moment. Do you have time to hang with us for the small segment on the way back? Sure. Okay, great. Uh, Jim Marchant is with us. We've had some good calls, and, and there's other calls that have questions for him, but uh, you know, we're obviously pressed for time. Uh, but um, look, if you need more information on Jim Marchant, it's simple. Go to jimmarchant.com. You'll find out all about Jim, his endorsements, and how you can give. Let's take a break. Let's come back, and let's wrap it up with Jim Marchant. Don't go away. But I don't, no, I don't mind at all. It's getting so you never know. Steve Sanchez, Friday edition of the show. Jim Marchand, are you still hanging with me, sir? Still here, Steve. All right. Well, you know, Jim, uh, before, I don't want to take any other calls, even though I have calls for you. I, I want to just, you know, kind of wrap this up so people can, uh, again, get to know you more. And as you know, with Chairman McDonald and Rory McShane, I'm working on the town hall situation that we'll have on radio, having you, Dan Rodimer, and many other movers and shakers uh, to do a, a full hour so that, you know, we kind of get the the consensus out there that, you know, Nevada needs to be read. Right. I'm ready to do it. So let, let me ask you this, Jim. I guess this is the biggest question before we wrap it up. Um, what is the biggest thing that you think right now Las Vegas needs from you if you're elected? That you can really that you're going to tackle just the one thing. Well, I tell you what I would do if I was Governor Sisolak right now is open up Nevada 100 um, percent. Our economy is suffering and it doesn't need to at this point. Uh, the what has happened by clamping down our economy and just shutting down everything is far worse than what would have happened. Uh, if we didn't, I think we took the proper precautions with this COVID virus early on, but we see that these numbers are not uh, turning out to what uh, was originally portrayed. And um, I think we just need to go ahead and open the economy up because uh, people are suffering, and they're yeah. suffering, I think, more than than what they would have had we not uh, closed it down. I mean, look at uh, South Dakota, what the Governor Christie Nome did there, mm. and other governors that uh, like Florida and and other states, Texas, uh, they're not in near as bad shape as we are. So we need to open up our economy right now and get it back going. And uh, number two is we have to support our law enforcement. Uh, none of this defunding garbage. I can't imagine that I would ever, you know, live in an America where any legislator would. Uh, want to defund our police, and it's just yeah. mind-boggling. And then third, we've got to hold the Chinese Communist Party accountable 
for what they did with this COVID uh, uh, crisis here. Not the Chinese people. They're stuck. They're in an environment and a system that they probably don't want to be in. It's the Chinese Communist Party is the one that did this. They need to be held accountable whether they did it with malice or they were just negligent and letting it get out of Wuhan. And uh, we think, I mean, you think about it, they let airliners, their airline flights fly out of Wuhan to everywhere in the world except China. What does that tell you? They knew what was going on. They could have uh, stopped it and made it far less uh, uh, severe as it was. And uh, they need to be held accountable in my book. Well, Jim, and I agree, and you're bold enough to say it, and that's what we need today is we need that bold type of leadership and and to say something, not that's going to, you know, not getting a feather to tickle people's ears, but I appreciate it. The time has now come for me to bounce out of here, but, Jim, I appreciate you taking some time from the campaign trail to be on with us. I'm looking forward to having you on again in the next couple weeks, sir. Yep, I look forward to it, too, and thank you, as always, Steve, for this opportunity, and uh, look forward to the next time. Absolutely. Have a great Labor Day weekend, my friend. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. That was Jim Marchant running for Congress, Nevada 4, up against Steve Horsford. Needs your help. It's real simple at this point, friends. Two months away, what's the help? Let's be honest, monetarily. I mean, I know times are tight, but we've got to look at the future of Nevada. And if you want Nevada red, it is paramount that we sow into Jim Marchant's campaign because, you know, the Democrats have tremendous amounts of wealth. Again, you heard some of these big special interest groups that are just writing big checks, and and, and we're going to need to get grassroots here. Jim Marchant. Dot com is the website. Go find out who endorses Jim, his background, how you can get involved, volunteerism, and, of course, monetarily donating to the campaign. We're going to have Jim and others on in the next couple, three weeks so that we can do a little bit of a town hall and uh, just continue to push out there that Nevada needs to turn red. Friends, I appreciate everybody hanging out with me tonight. Want everybody to have a great Labor Day weekend. Be safe out there. This is Steve Sanchez, my good friend Ken Thompson. SportsX Radio is up next. Until next time, God bless, and we'll catch you on the other side. Steve Sanchez. For more of Steve, visit the SteveSanchezShow.com.